Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we got definitive answer from Joe Neat during the last developer update video about double guns. Not much else is going on, but we're going to dive into some speculation as well as a captain's log and first mate's log. All that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the dev update video that we got last week. So in that video, Joe talks a lot about getting started with the beginning of the year. For them, they just recently got back from vacation and there hasn't really been a whole lot that they've been able to jump on. So this last dev update, he basically goes into detail about talking with all of the teams to kind of get everyone on the same page, excited and ramped up for the coming year. That means what? Well, basically, we're not gonna be getting Arena soon. We're gonna be getting Arena hopefully in the first quarter of this year. Now, I've already talked about this in the past video, so it's coming to no surprise to you that we're going to have February possibly at the earliest for the arena. It's tough to say because Rare really hasn't uh, given us a traditional roadmap or less of a traditional roadmap and more just a roadmap. We know that there's two updates and a build rat adventure coming, but we don't exactly know when these are going to be coming. And as a result, we're kind of left speculating and scratching our head as to what's going on for example, Duke the Dark Lord. And with Duke kind of not giving us anything to do, we're kind of left wondering how much longer before the next Bilge Rat update. He already feels like, or I should say he feels like it. It seems as though he's kind of embarrassed that there's not something going on right now. But that may also be because this is an animation that will be used later on for the arena when the arena comes out. It's hard to say. You never really know with these things. And until we actually find out uh, later on, we can't really see whether not our predictions are true or false, how accurate we are. Until then, we just play around with this. So with the uh, team kind of getting ramped up and raring to go for this coming year, we know that there's going to be a Bilgerad adventure sometime. Joe's mentioned in the past, and I can't remember if this was on stream or one of the videos, but they plan on celebrating friendship, something that is going to be very interesting leading into the arena, something that is going to be a very competitive mode for Sea of Thieves. This celebration of friendship is hard to say what they're going to name it, but I do have a feeling that a lot of the cosmetics that we've been seeing in the game uh, through data mines from the pioneer builds uh, from wherever they come from. I'm assuming it's Facebook groups. I, I don't honestly know. I just get them and then I pass them on to you. I think those are going to start coming with the next build rat updates. Uh, it's hard to say how much of the stuff that we've seen and the stuff that I talked about is going to be left for the arena. Since we know that the arena is the next update and they generally are pushing content out for Oh, I don't know. I would say they'd probably got stuff planned for at least the, the next six months that they're working on and then the rest of the year kind of planned out. So hard to say, but uh, I think the next Build Rat update will probably be coming hopefully towards the end of January now. That will lead us into uh, February with like uh, uh, St. Valentine and Valentine's Day. So one of the other parts of the dev update video that we got this week revolved around the idea of double guns, something that Joe goes into explanation about, which everyone is, should be aware of, that you are using two guns in quick succession to effectively one-shot someone 
And this is definitely something that I think a lot of the people in my community and a lot of people that have the same sentiment around Sea of Thieves thinks that this is kind of a cheap way to play. It doesn't really hold true to the feeling of a pirate. You know, a pirate typically wouldn't do something like this uh, in, in the heat of battle all the time because it's generally too hard to, to, like I mentioned last episode, to reload your guns. So having a sword and a gun would be more preferable because a sword is a much more versatile weapon. And they've mentioned that they know this is something that's going to be addressed and something that's going to be changed before Arena. They didn't say when, and they didn't say how. So now we're kind of left to kind of come up with uh, ideas on our own as to what they could be using and what is going to test well. Now, we don't know if this is something that's going to be put out to Pioneers as far as something that they'll be testing to see if it works or they're just going to do it internally, release it, and see how it goes, since a lot of their focus seems to be heavily around using the Pioneers to be testing out the arena. And my thought is that's fine. If they do something like uh, changing the the loading for the pistol to the front where you get it prepared uh, and then you fire it so that way there's always a gap of time between when you first pull out your gun and fire and pull out your other gun and fire as well too. So hard to say right now what they'll be doing if they're just going to add a delay, possibly even a damage reduction for a bullet fired quickly after. But from what they said, it suggests that they're going to be looking in a way to prevent you from being able to quickly pull out your weapon short after firing uh, another weapon shortly before. And I don't know. It seems interesting. We'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see on that. And they also mentioned in the update that the streamer mode will be coming in the next update. Now, from what it sounds like, this is going to be just a very simple toggle in the options somewhere, allowing players to be able to turn off other nameplates, which makes sense for stream sniping. A lot of people are uh, out there going into the world and just seeing other person's names and messaging them when a streamer comes up to them to try and get onto their ship and then try and actually kind of deter their their Sea of Thieves experience to try and kind of hijack it. We all know about this. The the main problem that I have right now is the unanswered question of how do you deal with other other players in the world that you're actually working with? Because right now it just seems like you're basically going to be turning off nameplates, which is fine if all you do is sail one crew and never have to sail and sail with another crew. You don't really parlay with anyone else. You never really ally, uh, align, uh, uh, get into an alliance with anyone else. So as a result, you are constantly dealing with people that are potentially uh, hostile. So with that, it kind of brings into question, how do you play with other people in the game when you can't see their gamer tag and you get mixed crews. You get crews where some are your alliance members and some are hostile members on the same island and you're trying to make sure that you're not being killed by the ones that are trying to kill you without letting them shoot first, especially until Double Guns uh, gets fixed. So I I was kind of hoping that Rare would take a a more thought out approach. Uh, I understand they want to get this out there soon and having a toggle is a good band-aid for the problem it doesn't solve it in my mind because until you have a way to discern friendly from non-friendly in a game where you could potentially betray everyone it's going to be hard to distinguish who you should be filtering out as far as a name tag i mean if you only filter out hostile uh pirates as far as name tags go that's fine but 
if somebody leaves on an allied ship and they aren't part of your group of friends and they're just a random crew, then stream snipers could still have the potential of being able to uh, join in on that crew and then be allied and then be hostile. So it's hard to say how to fix this outside of having what, in my mind, random generated or like randomly generated uh, pirate names, you know, for everyone. You can tell who's who based on having uh, name tags that are unique to a player per session. There's a finite number of people on a server at any given time, and if you just assign every pirate a name, whether it be a neutral name or a male or a female name, doesn't seem to really matter, but if they get assigned that name, on the time that they're on that server, they will be that pirate name and referred to as such. Now, I know this kind of flies in the face of making it your own legend story, but when it comes to stream sniping and streamer mode, I feel like that could probably be a good fix because you're still your own pirate. But for the most part, uh, it, just having a name tag that is a name tag that you recognize as someone in your alliance while still hiding the true identity of the alliance member would be better than not being able to see any name tags at all. Uh, once you get into that territory of everyone not having the same name tag, then you try to coordinate uh, clothing so that everyone is wearing the same thing. But if they have the clothing as well, a hostile team could change into that clothing and further harass you without you being able to tell the difference between your alliance members unless you really get to know them. And if they're an organic alliance, that's not going to really happen. And I think this is still, I think this is still a work in progress. Uh, I think this is something that is needs to be developed and discussed by the community so that we have a better understanding of what we should be doing to make sure that people are safe, that they aren't being harassed, and that it is still easy to communicate with others and see them visually represented in the game as friendly, hostile, or at least recognize them outside of just knowing what they look like and what they're wearing. The next item I want to talk about is going to be the arena, and I know I've been talking about this a lot, but we just crossed over two months since its announcement back in November, and we still don't know when it's coming. We know that it's going to be the next big update for Sea of Thieves, uh, pending any build rat adventures before then. And we know that it's something that has yet to go out to Pioneers, something that the Pioneers are actually looking forward to getting soon. Hopefully, uh, we don't quite know when. One of the things that I was thinking about recently was what it's going to be like getting into Arena. When I went back and watched the trailer, I noticed that there are some definite things that are apparent. One, you're going to be fighting crews of similar sizes, uh, galleon versus galleon, sloop versus sloop, brig versus brig. Uh, so far, the maximum I've seen is four galleons, four brigs, and six, no, five sloops. Uh, I imagine one of the sloops was just the camera crew when they were doing it, but we don't know for sure what the, the, the size of the arena is going to be. I have a feeling that this kind of builds into how the fog is uh, with the fog in the world right now it's a little more obscured there's a, a lot more of an area that you can see that is uh, obscured by its it's, it's um, by its cloud not in the actual fog but just more kind of cloudy around the environment I think they're going to use that as a kind of way to keep the the seas small so you don't have a full world out there uh, going on with stuff and with these uh, with the arena 
with it being a smaller area, it's it's going to be interesting to find out if things like the Kraken and the Megalodon and Curse Cruise are going to be factors in this. Because right now it's just a, a competitive mode, but you still have to go out and actually get treasure. So I don't know if it's going to be like you're going to fight skeletons or if you're just going to go out and dig up treasure and then take it and turn it in. So it's, I'm, I'm kind of curious to, to find out like what do you want from a competitive mode? Do you just want ship battles? Do you want sword to sword combat? There have to be some ways to measure who wins outside of just doing a straight battle royale with who happens to sink another crew at which point it's it comes down to pve you know gold and uh for now it's it's going to be tough to say if you need to want or if you want to have pve elements in the sea as well as on land or if you're just going to have something that you have to go out and find and i've been kind of curious to to think of like you know why are we going out and digging chests or why are we going out and competing with other crews to dig up chests and, and turn those in why not try to get something that is uh, hostile or volatile you know like why why isn't the competitive mode something like picking up as many chests of sorrow as possible and getting those turned in because you're gonna have say like if you had three chests of sorrows on your ship it's gonna be a, a lot of work to try and make sure your ship doesn't sink on its own but you're gonna be rewarded you could also have the the other side where you only turn in one and then try and steal one later on and it makes it a little bit easier for you to to manage your ship in case you start getting into a battle uh are there team colors you know is everyone gonna have set set uh hull and liveries for your ship so you know which ship is your ship and which ship are the opposing teams and it's going to be team red versus team blue versus team green and would would there be an opportunity for this to be and to be there really like an ai mode you know is there some some world where you could go in and play this mode but against ai crews you know skeletons going out and getting treasure and digging up treasure and fighting you on the beaches you know like we we have skeletons right now the ai isn't very smart you know obviously they've gotten better as the game has improved but aside from getting powder kegs and eye of reaches they aren't really changing how they approach you. They will go for the nearest person. There's not really any kind of problem solving, you know, no algorithmic thinking. I don't even know what you'd call it, but there's the, the skeletons are easy to predict. And I wonder if an AI mode is needed or if it's something that is just kind of like, okay, well, you know, if you want AI mode, just jump in adventure. It makes sense to just do an adventure. So the reason I bring that up is uh, with, with games like Heroes of the Storm, there's an AI mode where you can go in and try out a hero or you can try out uh, a map and kind of get accustomed to things. But with this, it's it's not as much. But there are still people that want to have that competitive experience without the uh, without the anxiety of dealing with other people who could potentially be toxic. And when you're going into a competitive mode, everyone's uh, everyone's feelings are, tend to be a, a little more sensitive. Uh, about winning or losing because you know people are competitive by nature so they want to they want to win they want to feel good about that next item on today's docket that i wanted to talk about revolves around a slight adjustment that we actually got in the game and it's the bell on the brig and the sloop we noticed that on the main mast there is of course the bell that we've had for quite a while but now it seems to be a little bit shorter. And you may think to yourself, okay, well, what would be the purpose of lowering that bell? It's more accessible. It's a little bit lower for the taller pirates, but does this mean what I hope it means? 
does this mean I can finally have my dwarf pirate? My Napoleon? Probably not. It, it probably just means that we're getting pets. So if you go on to a brig or a sloop right now, you'll notice that the bell is much lower, and that presents itself as quite a perfect perch for any number of animals, whether it be a parrot or a cat or a monkey. And because of this, it kind of lends itself to the idea that we should be getting pets soon tm something that i know a lot of folks are actually looking forward to and that kind of brings me up that kind of brings up the question of does this mean we can expect microtransactions to the game have we gotten to the point now where the game is still growing we're still seeing an influx of new pirates especially after the holiday season but we need to get to a point where the game can be self-sufficient off of microtransactions and not just game sales uh, we're closing in on one year soon we're gonna find out that the the game is going to continue progressing and with it we're getting these free content updates and we have to ask ourselves when do we start giving rare more money maybe microsoft more money maybe this is something where microsoft is just going to be footing the bill for as long as this game is popular and if that's the case i want to make sure that it continues to be popular and if that means microtransactions for special things that come whether it be pets or uh, specialty cosmetics that are time limited then that's something that i'm willing to consider doing because i personally love this game and probably will never stop loving this game and the more cosmetics i have the happier i am my concern comes down to the cookie fiasco of 2018 and anyone that's listened to the show for a while knows the amount of grief that I had with the Chips Ahoy cookie promotion. Uh, in the game now, we have the Obsidian set, and it's all equipment, but it's all black with silver trimming and green gemstones. It looks great. Not too many people are still using it because we've had such a huge influx of cosmetics since then, thanks to all the free updates. But at the time, this was some of the coolest looking black designed gear that we had come out. And as a result, a lot of people sought after it. But the trouble was is that the Chips Ahoy cookies are a USA or a, a North American uh, cookie. They're not something that is international, something I didn't realize at the time. And what happened was the codes on the bottom of the bags were accessible to anyone. Anyone could just go out, grab a bag, snap a photo of the cookie code, plug it in and get their Game Pass uh, codes for seven days. They could get their uh, um, cookie codes for the, the Obsidian set. And you had to turn in a certain number to get all of those items. And a lot of people internationally didn't have access to those and were left to scalpers or uh, kind people who would give them codes from the United States. Uh, I know I gave out a lot because it was just, it was one of those things where I felt, <laughs> I felt like it was a little unfair. And they said that those cosmetics would be made available later on. Now we did find out that they have a code bundle that gives you, I believe, a majority of those uh, items and a couple extras, I think the lantern and the speaking trumpet extra, but those codes are still out in the wild. Those aren't something that's available for purchase in game. And I'm kind of wondering with something like the flintlock pistol that they know that they, they're going to be getting into the game later. They, with the obsidian set being uh, made available, hopefully at some point for people, maybe after a year when uh, any kind of, you know, deals that they made with these cosmetics for the companies has run out. I know that the promotion itself has actually run out. Those codes, you can no 
longer have a chance to win the Xbox that they said they were giving away. I never heard anyone actually winning it because Chips Ahoy is terrible, terrible social media uh, presence on Twitter. So anything that they might have given to anyone just went into the, the, the darkness as far as I'm concerned. And with microtransactions coming up, with pets, with this lowered bell, this is the steps towards a world where we are getting something that we're asking for that comes with a real-life cost. And I want to know, what is too far for, for you uh, as a consumer in the game? This may not be your main game. You may be paying subscriptions to World of Warcraft. You could be buying new games on a regular basis, or like many people, have multiple consoles or PC slash consoles that you're getting games for. And in a world where uh, AAA games are still $60, a lot of first-party titles are $60 unless you wait for deals and later on sales to get those at a, at a cheaper cost, it leaves a lot of uh, questions as to how much you can budget out for things like microtransactions for cosmetics. And if cosmetics come, or pets come, for example, or captaincy comes, and those are things that are tied to real-world costs, do they need to be something that's made available forever so that people that don't have the money right away are able to purchase it at their leisure at any time? And if that's the case, what's the what's the release frequency for this kind of thing for it to, to be something that is still uh, a profitable thing for Rare. They're actually able to make money off of this. All of these questions are kind of coming to mind lately because I think right now we're all just very excited at the prospects of having pets and we're not thinking too much about the microtransaction part around it. And if that's still a factor, if that's something that's not a factor and that's just, they're just going to put it into the update, we don't have this information. And I don't think anyone's asking these questions. I think we're all just ready to throw our money at Rare, thank them for the game, and take our pets and go. So I think we want to see how, because pets is a very specific thing. It's a very, very se separate thing from anything else that we have in the game right now. We've never had pets or anything companions like that. It's always been cosmetics for our ship or ourselves and where do you go once you've done pets well you kind of have to go to cosmetics well what cosmetics are in the game or coming to the game or at least have been in trailers and art books that aren't available through reward systems like the the bilge rats or through events and are those something that are worth setting up as microtransactions i personally would hate to see athena fortune uh ghostly weapons set as a microtransaction. I would rather have those as a reward if those are something that ever comes to the game, but I also know that I would gladly pay money for those as well, and I don't think Rare is out to take our money without us feeling like we, we are getting a, a good value, a good return on that, but I want to I kind of see how things go with microtransactions once that starts to become a more serious thing in the game, and pets, I think, are going to be the first foray into that, the first step into that. And as a result, I think everyone's going to be happy. But again, just want to punctuate, where does it go after that? Next up on today's docket, let's do a captain's log. So this last week, I got the opportunity to sail with Carides, which is, uh, if you don't know who Carides is, she is one of the original gamers from the alpha, from the beta, from the launch of the game. She streams pretty much every single morning and actually has her name up at Lost Gold Fort. She is one of the few people who managed to get their name and the amount of gold that they lost after the, the alpha went to beta 
when the game was still being made. Uh, I believe it was the alpha to the beta. It could have been from the beta to the open beta where people were able to play it off of the NDA. But regardless, she is locked in the game for eternity and is one of the few people who earned a lot of gold. Now, she doesn't have as much gold as some people nowadays. Uh, Kaida Wrath, I think, still holds the record for that. But I know Shumba is close on her tails if not already past her there's quite a few pirates out there that have well in the way of 10k or 10 million gold and man that's crazy to think about that they they either have everything or they have nothing and they just have a lot of gold uh but they spend a lot of time playing the game as well too so getting back to the captain's log i got a chance to go out sailing with her and we took along with us uh leader pork and captain Jorvik, two uh, of the Kiel Hall Discord members who are in there on a frequent basis and are fun people to sail around with, uh, younger and older general. Actually, I think Jorvik's around my age as well, too. Uh, but we went out sailing on a galleon and we decided to do a Devil's Roar Athena. And while we went out there, we wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to go hunting any kind of megalodons. And we did a, we had a pretty good time with it. Carides uh, 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 is very, very notorious for being, uh, what's a good way to put it? Unpredictable. She is very unpredictable and is more than willing to have some fun at the expense of others' uh gold <laughs> she has a lot of gold she doesn't need it so sometimes she'll put her crew into interesting situations uh in fact and she knows this too this isn't anything new her discord server has a uh, uh post-traumatic carities disorder channel just for recovering people who are dealing with post-traumatic uh stress from carities uh sales uh, i've sailed with her a number of times and every time there's always been something that will usually, towards the end of the stream, cause me uh, lots and lots of stress. And this stream was no different. We went out and managed to finish most of the Athenas completely unscathed by Carides. Now, the, the skeletons and powder kegs, uh, volcanoes, things like that, that, that aside, we all kind of know that's the stuff that's always going to happen. But with this stream, uh, we had the opportunity to finish up. We were close to getting our Athena's chest, and we were close to Captain or Morrow's outpost, or Morrow's Peak outpost. Morrow's outpost? Morrow's Peak outpost. Oh, I hate my brain sometimes. Anyway, so we go out, and we're sailing around, and we decide we get attacked by... Uh, a megalodon or no excuse me it started off with the cursed ship yeah we were just about to go turn in there was two ships nearby we had a sloop and a galleon nearby and a couple couple cursed ships but as we were sailing we got attacked by a cursed sails ship not a problem we can handle this as we're as we're fighting this thing we get attacked by a shadow maw out in the roar now keep in mind this is the roar we have volcanoes everywhere we have other crews nearby and we're fighting two ai threats at the time not a problem got those under control we lost these the ship loot but we managed to get the uh the the shadow maw loot and as we start sailing towards galleon's grave uh to dig up the the chest uh or not not to dig up the chest but to kind of turn in we get krakened and karen comes out in full force and has <laughs> has no 
qualms about sinking us and all of our treasure. And it gets to the, it gets kind of scary at this point because not only have we already dealt with two AI threats, but we are vastly ill-equipped to handle the roar with all these threats. Our supplies are low. I'm talking seriously low. I'm talking trying to figure out who has planks so they can go below deck and actually do it. We are in trouble. We are wrapped by the Kraken. We're getting killed left and right. We're trying to take down tentacles, and it is insane right now. It is just absolutely crazy. There's one point Jorvik and I are are yelling to Leader Pork just to bail, just to help us bail, because the three of us have are trying to bail so much. We've taken so much damage that our ship is starting to flood. The, the bottom deck is starting to get full. The middle deck is starting to leak water, and we don't have any planks repaired on the mid-deck, too. The mid deck is completely full of holes. It's gonna it's gonna sink us in in seconds, half a second if we get it above that that bottom deck. So everyone's bailing. I'm not sure where Carity's at this point is, and that's when I should have been that's when I should have been suspicious. I'm pretty sure she was sucked up by a Kraken uh, arm, but I can't guarantee that. But we I don't even know how we managed this. We managed to to gather just enough planks to get the bottom deck free of holes. We bail out the water, we get loose from the Kraken, and we sail off. We don't even bother trying to finish the Kraken at this point. We're literally just beelining it for Galleon's Grave, just so we can try and turn in all this treasure. My blood pressure is through the roof at this point. We have hardly any supplies at all. I think I jumped off at one point and managed to get a load of planks from some barrels, and I get back on, and we... <laughs> this is... This is the Carides part. This is the part where if you ever sail with Carides, you have to be cautious. We are trying to make a beeline to Galleon's Grave. Our trajectory is putting us between an island near an exploding volcano and a cursed ship is starting to sail in our direction. It's already been out in the sea. It's just kind of doing its own thing, but it's passive. And it's just kind of slowly coming towards us. I want to just kind of coast right in between them just kind of slide between the island and the ship and hopefully not deter us too much so we have to wander into the area where the volcano is because i know if we go into the volcano there's a good chance we're going to either get hit get killed or get hit killed and put holes in the ship and we don't have the planks or the manpower to be able to handle that and get all our treasure to galleon's grave so as we're starting to sail by leader pork fires one shot at the crew and i flip I am going nuts at this point because I am trying to understand why anyone would shoot at a cursed ship when we have no supplies to handle it. We just barely survived a Kraken and he shoots and he fires at it and nothing happens. And that's when I see it. Carides, sword raised up high, looking like she's about to jump off the back of the ship towards the crew. And she does. She seriously jumps off. She dashes into the water and she heads towards the skeleton crew and the music starts up and I know that the ship has just been aggroed on us and I just want to cry. I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this to me, Carides? We're friends. This is not how you treat friends. So I'm sitting there and Jorvik is just, he is, he's doing everything he possibly can to maintain himself. It's all sails full tilt. We're, we, we are fortunate that we have wind in our sails at this point. We're lucky because we're beelining it towards 
Galleon's Grave, everyone is on every single sale possible, and everyone is tilting them. And all we're trying to do is just outrun this bloody Galleon, and it's not working. That's not it, though. There's a sloop. Yeah, that sloop I mentioned earlier, yeah, it's coming towards us as well, too. It is also using the same wind and starting to tail us as we head towards Galleon's Grave. We have... And this is actually the kind of fun part that we had, because during the entire Athena's fortune, we actually went out and decided that whoever dug up or found what would be theirs. And we had piles. Everyone had their own specific place that they would have their treasure. And at the end of the voyage, we were going to see who got the most items. And there might have been some theft internally within the crewmates. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but I know that at some point, at least a couple items were moved from one pile to another when the other person wasn't uh, looking. So that was kind of the fun. You know, we had a good time. It was a, it was all for one and one for all. You know, we were all going to get the loot, but for all intents and purposes, we were fighting against each other to try and see who got what treasure. And there were many arguments over whether or not someone laid claim to something because they either hid it and they dug it up, or if they actually picked it up and put it on the ship. And uh, there were some there were some heated discussions on whether or not you actually got credit for if it was yours. Like, I, I hit the chest, I dug it up, and then I got attacked by skeletons. But it should be mine, even though Carity's finished digging it up. Or she deserves to have it because she actually put it on the ship. Or there was loot in the water, and it was floating, and I took a rowboat out to go get it, and she put it on the rowboat, and I died to, to sharks trying to get more treasure to put it on the rowboat, but she brought the rowboat back to the ship. Does she get the treasure because she brought the, brought the treasure to the ship, or do I get the treasure because I brought I facilitated the rowboat, you know? It's hard, hard little rules you got to work out with that kind of thing. But needless to say, we have an entire Athena's fortune on our ship and in our piles. We're trying to get it looted up, but we're being hunted by a galleon curse crew and this sloop heading towards Galleon Graves. And all I can think of in my mind is, okay, I think we have enough time to get there, drop anchor, and just start turning in and ship be damned. There's no there's no supplies. It doesn't matter. It's going down. We get to Galleon's grave. We slam on the anchor. There's one hole. We repair that. And the Galleon behind us, the, the curse crew, is still following suit. I don't know what happens, but they end up running into the island, getting corralled in between the island and the dock at Galleon's Grave on the on the south side, you know how it's kind of a T dock where you can kind of park alongside it? It gets stuck in between there. And now the Galleon is firing cannon shots above our ship and at the beach, trying to hit us while it's beaching itself on the island. And we're trying to run skulls to and from the ship to to the to the Order of Souls vendor, and we're getting sniped. We're getting shot like it's some sort of horrific nightmare. The the snipers in in the crow's nest on this galleon are murdering us little by little. Like they're they're shooting us, and then we run and we're holding the treasure. We're just trying to turn it in because we got this loot following behind us, and. As these snipers are shooting, we're just kind of like dying one by one and then a skull falls onto the dock and someone else has to pick it up and try and run it. It feels like like some sort of World War II movie. Like it feels like Saving Private Ryan. Like some dude just died, pick up his phone and try and call in an airstrike. It's it's horrific. And amongst all this chaos, 
Carides is off making friends with this sloop now who is parked behind us fully possible like they could sink us if they want to we have no recourse i'm trying to grab supplies off the dock just to make sure that if something happens i at least have supplies off of the dock to be able to actually like save the ship because we still have so much loot it's just <laughs> jorvik is like leader no sh no no more talking don't say anything about what we're doing don't say anything your your young voice will provoke whoever is on that other ship to wanting to sink us because they think that it's just a bunch of kids on the ship we're, we we can't handle this right now we have a, a galleon like buttered up next to us between the island and the dock sniping us little by little Carides is trying to make friends with with this person on the other ship and to her credit she got us into quite a pickle but she actually made friends with the sloop got them to ally with us and they got a free bunch of loot just for coming over we got everything turned in without any problems we sunk the galleon took the treasure and turned that in or let that uh, let the sloop guy turn it in and i was that was i was good after that i was so beat and so stressed out, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm good. That was a good stream. That was a solid three and a half hours. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call it right now and uh, go sit down on the couch and stare at the ceiling for an hour. I didn't, I didn't do that, but I, I felt like doing that. So it was really good. I had a great time as always. Carities always makes things interesting when you're sailing with her. Everyone calls her carrots too, uh, or, or karate chop, but uh, Carities, one of the best Sea of Thieves players out there. She's a great streamer. She's a, just a kind soul too and real fun. I love spending time with her and a lot of the other streamers out there uh, for Sea of Thieves. All right, now it's time for the first mate's log. This week, I'm going out to Cannon Monkey who put on Twitter his latest tale on the Xbox server issues that I talked about. Actually, I don't remember if I talked about that. Well, either way, we had some issues with Xbox Live. It was kind of weird. And a lot of people didn't quite get the opportunity to play. Some people actually lost some treasure. But here's his story. I was trying to get into Sea of Thieves when the Xbox servers were being a pain last night. And I eventually got in, but instead of putting me on my own closed crew sloop, I ended up spawning on a sloop docked at Sunken Grove. I looked around the ship, and I couldn't find anyone. Checked crew list, and there was another guy in the crew. Didn't have a voyage down, and was nowhere to be found. So I jumped onto the island to see if I could find him. After a couple minutes, he comes around the corner with a rowboat. I jump into it, and we get to the sloop and dock the boat. He's doing bottle quests. No skin on the boat, no skinned weapons. The guy was a sailor, in pants. He had a few skulls with him, and there were a couple galleons roaming, so I suggest going to the outpost as it's close. Using the chat wheel, I rarely go on mic, by the way, with complete strangers. He says, aye, and off we go. I grab a gold hoarder's voyage because I figure I'm pirate legend, so he'll get some nice chests from it. We do those, and then I see there is a skull fort with a sloop at it. After finishing up the last riddle, after spending another ten minutes finding the parrot's keeper's final resting place, every damn time, on Smuggler's Bay, we go to sell gold at Golden Sands, and my intention is to approach the fort, hence the selling, and see if we can get an alliance, and hopefully get this new sailor some big coin and rep. Unfortunately, after we sold, he logs out. 
I sail towards the fort anyway, get crackened on the way, and it's one guy on a sloop. I ask to join Alliance, and he comes into voice chat asking, how can he trust me? I just repeat that I'm friendly. One condition, he says. I sell the loot as I did the fort. I said, aye. And I wait around and help him unload the fort onto his boat. Wouldn't let me touch the mega keg. As I follow him to Daggertooth, another new sailor spawns onto the boat and we offload the loot and sell. A new pirate got a bit of a boost in the end after all. I drop him a Gold Hoarders Pirate Legend Voyage and I log. Good times. Cannon Monkey, thank you for that story. I know you didn't intentionally put that up there for the First Mates long, but it was such a good story, I wanted to share it anyway. And a lot of people have been putting their stories up recently, both of failures from dealing with negative pirates on the seas, but also some really good stories uh, about GGs all around and making sure that everyone gets treasure and loot. I love hearing those stories. I love people having a positive experience on the Sea of Thieves because that's kind of what we're doing, right? We want to have good experiences. And having ship battles that end with uh, GGs or, you know, well wishes or good pirating, you know, things like that are really, you know, I, I live for those moments because that's what makes this game so great. We get to live out that pirate fantasy and... Yeah, we're all just trying to get some gold in the end, and the gold really only matters because we're trying to get cosmetics, and we'll eventually get those cosmetics regardless. But if we can have a little fun and keep things civil, all for the better. Pirates, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it. If you did, there's lots of ways you can help me with that. Make sure other pirates find out about it by going over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. Honestly, I will read them all out for everyone. And in fact, this last week, I got one from Eddie H. And the review is a five-star rating. He says, I have played Sea of Thieves since week one, and I adored it. I have listened to so many different podcasts on the topic, and this one is simply the best and most entertaining. Eddie, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It means a lot that you'd like it because uh, I, I do this just for the sake of being able to have a way to talk to people about Sea of Thieves and give people information and some stories and a little respite from their normal life. Because realistically, we all just want to be on the seas being pirates and stuff. Also, I did want to read out, Carl K. mentioned me on Twitter and said, After a night of backstabbing and broken alliances on the Sea of Thieves, tonight I sailed with some fine sailors and proved that the seas aren't always dangerous. Thanks for the podcast. Just binge listened in two weeks to get caught up. Keep up the great work. Carl, thank you very much for that. I much appreciate it. Pirates, if you want to tell me your story, more than welcome to. I love hearing them. I love getting them from you. Feel free to message me. You can always get me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always email me at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can always reach me on Xbox at C-A-P-T A-I-N L-O-G-U-N on uh, the as my gamer tag. Uh, there's the Discord server. If you want to come, if you want to sail with some of these pirates that I talk about all the time, if you want to sail with uh, pirates who are frequently playing the game and helping other people reach Pirate Legend or Athena 10, feel free to join the Discord. It's a great tool to be able to talk with other pirates, to use voice if you want to, to send messages, to keep up on news, and use as an LFG tool. Everyone is great in there, and it's free to jump in. Just trying to build up the community so we always have someone to play with. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much, Pirates. I love you. I hope you have a good week, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>